0: The city of 100 hellos, Brooks, Alberta, Canada. This is the Global Village Podcast with Ahmed Kassim.
1: Hello everyone, welcome to the Global Village Podcast. My name is Hanan and today we're back with the final episode with Officer Josh. So there's an increase in domestic violence in Brooks. So no. could you please give us any advice to prevent that?
0: Yeah, and I, I know this is this is gonna sound silly when we're talking about what we can we do to prevent it, but mm-hmm. we need to know about it. Mm-hmm. So if you or anyone listening here that is experiencing this or knows somebody that mm-hmm. is experiencing domestic violence, that's not okay. Mm -hmm. and just because something may have been a cultural norm somewhere else Mm -hmm. doesn't make it okay here, right? And I mean that in all across all spectrums of Mm -hmm. of ethnicities and where people come from is, and I know things are different in different places, even different places in North America, but domestic violence is never okay. And it can come in many different forms, Mm -hmm. right? Like we have emotional abuse, financial abuse, physical abuse, um, mental Mm -hmm. abuse, isolation, those sorts of things. If someone's experiencing that, it doesn't just have to be somebody hitting them, Mm -hmm. right? If someone is being extremely mean, Rude, um, not letting you leave, controlling mm-hmm. money, those sorts of things, you can let us know. Or even mm-hmm. if there's an argument going on that is you're not feeling safe, mm-hmm. people call all the time for that. Right? And doesn't mean that just because the police are being called that we're going to show up, your husband's getting arrested, and your kids are getting taken away. You know, that's not the case. If there is certain circumstances, yes. If your children are being abused and are hurt or, you know, your husband's hurting you or vice versa, because we have charged just as many women as mm-hmm. we have men. You know, if there are evidence to state that an offense has happened, mm-hmm. we have to lay a charge. We okay. have to do everything that we can to make sure that, that you are safe mm-hmm. and that you are protected. Now, whatever decisions you want to make after that, that's going to have to unfortunately be on yourself, but Mm -hmm. we can put you in touch with the resources that can help you with that. Right. We have, we have great partnerships. We're here with Global Village, Mm -hmm. with BCIS, with the, the Cantera Safe House, the Women's Shelter in Brooks, Mm -hmm. with SPEC, with our Crown Prosecutors. We, we have a domestic violence intervention team. Mm -hmm. They meet once a month and these are supports that are offered to people Mm -hmm. in the community that are experiencing domestic violence so that we're able to, you know what, if you guys are, are going to stay together mm-hmm. then what can we do to help that family unit yeah right we want everyone to be happy healthy and, and feel safe in their home and feel loved mm-hmm. right At the end of the day that's what we want to have happen yeah. and if we can put certain pieces in motion to help that mm-hmm. then let's do it right if all the arguments come from finances or yeah. over money
1: which is most immigrant cases that I've heard of because they send money back home yeah and they don't know how to budget for their house yeah
0: right because I'm sure the way our billing system here is probably different than back home. Yeah. Right. And again, I don't, I don't know. I'm only making speculations with that, but you're right. Like if there's a huge financial stress, mm-hmm. because you know what, there's only so many dollars in yeah. the account, but there's so many things you need to buy. Right. Mm-hmm. And especially if you have a large family buying yeah. food for everybody and clothes mm-hmm. and shoes and things for school that, you know, these things add up and yeah. that could be a stressor. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, let's see if we can get you guys in with a financial planner. Mm -hmm. can we get you in with someone that can say, Hey guys, this is how much money you have. This is how much you're spending. We need to get them kind of closer together Mm -hmm. or have, Hey, let's have it. So we have more money coming in than going out. Mm -hmm. Right. And they're able to help the family that way. And if that's what the family needs and that's, that's, and if we can help with that, let's do it. Another thing is that if someone's arguing and just yelling, Mm -hmm. right, if you're yelling with your husband and the neighbors call Mm -hmm. and we show up, that's domestic violence. If you guys used to date, but are no longer dating, like Mm -hmm. we show up and there's, there's two men that used to date or two women or a man and a woman, but they're no longer dating and they're having an argument by our policy. That's domestic violence, Mm -hmm. right? Same with same sex relationships. That's domestic violence. If someone used to date, you know, 10 years ago Mm -hmm. and they're in a fight now in the Walmart parking lot, that's Mm -hmm. domestic violence, right? And so we do have different things we need to do. We do ask the family violence investigation report questions, What's our 20 questions. They're yes or no if you answer yes, we're going to ask for some, maybe some clarifying mm-hmm. answers of, hey, well, why is that a yes, right? From there, we're also going to make sure that there's some safety planning done mm-hmm. so that you have some tools available to you, mm-hmm. right? If things happen, you know, and it might be as simple as if you trust your neighbors, let them know what you're going through. Yeah. Because if they hear screaming in the middle of the night mm-hmm. or during the day, then they're going to call 911 because they know that there's a problem, right? We're going to make sure that uh, if there's kids and they were exposed to violence, because mm-hmm. we do know that there is secondhand trauma or yeah. just really just trauma that mm-hmm. they've experienced watching their parents uh, argue and fight fight physically and feeling unsafe themselves, Child and Family Services may be notified. Right there's a couple of small things, other checks that we're going to do. So we get we take it very serious. Mm -hmm. I guess at the end of the day is what we're trying to get at. And regardless if you're a first generation immigrant family or seven generation Canadian family, we're going to treat it the exact same. And we're going to do those exact same steps because Mm -hmm. guess what? We have check sheets and report that a supervisor does for each domestic violence file that comes in. So we make sure that everything gets done the same way. So it's not like okay this is an immigrant family, let me get the other check sheet. Okay this is a rich family, let me get the other check sheet. No, we make sure that we. We do it the same because yeah. we know domestic violence no matter where you come from no matter how much money you have or don't mm-hmm. have in your bank account it can happen everywhere yeah all right yeah. i guess the biggest thing is don't be afraid to reach out right you know I, I think you and i have had a conversation in the past about um like in certain cultures that's mm-hmm. some women just think that that's yeah. the way it is
1: yeah that's true they think that the husband is in charge so they can do anything and they're afraid to reach out because they don't want to as you say lose their family or their kids and also the parents i find that they don't know how to discipline their children in the right way because back home discipline means hitting with a belt or anything and if they don't do this here they feel like their kids are not going to listen to them so what ways can they discipline in the right way
0: yeah and that's a big piece that we need community help with Mm -hmm. right is getting that message out there on what is appropriate and what isn't Mm -hmm. right like in canada blows to the head not okay Punching, hitting with an object in the head or mm-hmm. the back is not okay. Hitting with an object, like you said, a belt. Yeah. Well, guess what? That's an assault with a weapon, okay. regardless <laughs> if it's discipline or not. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I love that you, you put this, like, they do this because they feel that this is how their kids are going to yeah, learn. Yeah, that's
1: the only way they can listen to them. Yeah.
0: And it's not out of anger or hate. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, it might be a little bit of anger if they're mad, but like, mm-hmm. and that's an, another thing was understanding that, these, yes, these parents might do something that we wouldn't do. Like, you know, there's been some, some wild... <laughs> wild, uh, mm-hmm. files, investigations we've had, you know, you look at like, let's just go with the, the belt or a wire mm-hmm. hanger or something that like, Oh my goodness. Like they obviously hate their kids. Well, no, they love them. Mm-hmm. Right. They're doing this in their mind. They're trying to discipline so something doesn't happen. So we yeah. thinking with it, yes, this is, this is a cultural and education piece we can get in here. Mm-hmm. Now we still might have to hold them accountable. Right. And there might be a charge of assault with weapon coming in because you can't, you know, leave these marks and these bruises, right? Like anything that is trivial and trifling in nature, mm-hmm. I think it's over that you're leaving bodily harm. You're committing an assault. You're committing mm-hmm. an assault with a weapon, mm-hmm. right? Those sorts of things. So it's it's that you can't hit in the head. You can't leave these marks. You can't hit mm-hmm. the face. And, and you can't use weapons, mm-hmm. right? And there are other ways to discipline, right? And I know some people, if they heard it, they would just, they would kind of laugh. Mm-hmm. Like, well, okay, why does just taking my kid's phone and make him sit in the room? How is that discipline, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they should be spanked right? And I'm not going to sit there and say that you shouldn't spank your children if that's mm-hmm. what, what you've decided that how you want to do it. Um, you just need to, to make sure you understand that there are limitations mm-hmm. to you before you can get yourself in trouble. And you can always reach out to different settlement workers, right? I'm sure they can call down here and speak mm-hmm. to you. And I know it might be silly to have them reach out to you to say, hey, how can we discipline our kids? But you got to know these things. Yeah, because, exactly. you know, your kid might go to school mm-hmm. and do absolutely nothing wrong, but tell their teacher what happened. Mm-hmm. Because they have a right to do that too. And tell their teacher what happened. They're going to let the school know. School lets us know. And then we let child and family Services. No, and now we're doing a joint investigation to figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. I know I've personally reached out with the Imam at the mosque and yeah. said, you know, is there a way that whenever you're doing one of your sermons, we can talk about mm-hmm. appropriate discipline of our children, right? Because again, you hit the nail on the head. We need to know these things so people don't get themselves into yeah. trouble. Because yeah. again, they're not doing it to, to hurt or to be a criminal or do a crime. They're doing it because they want to discipline their children so they grow yeah. up to be good people. Yeah. Well, there's a time, there's a way to do it, mm-hmm. right? And again, using weapons and hitting in certain areas and punching is not okay.
1: Yeah, that's true. And I. Feel like community engagement and education is the best route to follow oh it's
0: it's it's every like it's a bread and butter especially mm-hmm. here where we have so many people that are just learning and trying to because they come here because they want to have a safe place to raise their family and yeah, they want exactly. to be successful and give their kids these opportunities that they don't have mm-hmm. well let's get out there and educate them on other things so that they don't get themselves into trouble yeah right yeah, and true. coming across and doing it in a non-judgmental way and in a safe environment too mm-hmm. is is important and and same with Brooks I learned that there's many different communities within mm-hmm. the larger community of Brooks. And making those partnerships with those community leaders and those, those faith leaders is very, very key for us right? Because then they're able to go out and be ambassadors Mm -hmm. and then the people that they're ambassadors with can then go out and explain these things too. Because I know if if I'm going and I'm doing a public speaking event on discipline, it's probably going to get talked about at Tim Horton's Mm -hmm. in the afternoon coffee, right? And then someone that wasn't there is like, oh, I never knew that, Mm -hmm. right? And it's, again, it's that letting people know what they can and can't do and what is okay and what isn't okay.
1: Mm -hmm. And I've also seen situations where kids report their parents but it's not the truth. So how do you guys go about that? So,
0: I want people to know that when anybody comes and makes a report, mm-hmm. there is an investigation. It's not just, hey, her dad came in and said her dad punched her in the head. Oh, we got to go arrest him. Well, no, we're going to look into it. We're going to mm-hmm. uh, make an arrangement for a statement from you. We're going to look and see if there's any evidence. We're going to look to see if there's any witnesses, mm-hmm. right? Is there any cameras? Was this captured anywhere? Did you go to the hospital? If you did, do you have hospital records? So we're going to go and get those. know, do we need to get a production report or Are you going to sign so that we can get them? We got to talk to the, the parent as well, right? Because there could be another thing like you yeah. know that could have happened and, and it's important to get all sides of the story but we need to ask those questions so mm-hmm. again i want people to realize that if they do come and make a complaint about something we don't mm-hmm. just take the first story and mm-hmm. just run full bore with mm-hmm. we have to do the investigation we have to do our jobs and sometimes that could take a long time sometimes mm-hmm. it could be really quickly right because then you could come in and be like yeah no this is the video of it i have the mark right here on my head and my friend saw it and there was a camera right so you might have yeah. everything now it's not always a perfect rope but mm-hmm. you know we're going to look for that evidence we're going to look for support things and if there isn't evidence to go forth with a charge we're going to look and say is there any support services we can put in play mm-hmm. can we reach out to child and family services or spec or mcmahon mm-hmm. and for family enhancement or they're able to go and help out and come to the house and talk about appropriate parenting yeah right or is this uh one that we could use victim services mm-hmm. right and we can make a victim services referral or is it more of a family violence thing and we need to reach out to the domestic violence intervention team to try and put those supports in because we hear a lot of it in different places where you have police departments or police forces. Well, in Canada, we call them police services. And as corny or as cliche as it sounds, <laughs> it's because we are a service, right? Mm-hmm. If you come to us, we can't turn you away. And that's the fact, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's some places like if your basketball got stolen and you went mm-hmm. to the fire department, they're mm-hmm. like, okay, we'll go to the police, right? Or mm-hmm. maybe they'll see if they can get basketball for you just because, you know, they're, they deal with different life-saving situations, fires, car accidents, those mm-hmm. sorts of things, right? If you came to the police station for anything mm-hmm. and you're there, like we're going to have to put you in touch with or whatever it is you need to be, right? Like Mm -hmm. you're not going to go to the hospital, I guess is a better one Just your tires flat in your Mm -hmm. car, right? We get calls like that all the time. And, (laughs) you know, either we're comfortable and help you change your tire or we're going to get you a tow truck, right? Or whatever the case may be, we're not going to turn you away, Mm -hmm. right? And I always like to say, there's always like three constants in people's lives. There's the police, there's their kids' schools, Mm -hmm. and then there's the hospital, right? So, and and it's weird. And I had no idea becoming a police officer that I'm going to have so many relationships with different people, Mm -hmm. whether on on different levels (laughs) too, right? Of like being very intimately involved with the family. Mm-hmm. Or just being acquaintances, and you know, it's it's kind of it's kind of neat where you've been in the community long enough where you go in and there's pictures of me on the wall with the family, <laughs> right?
1: Yeah, we have a picture of you in our presentations.
0: That's awesome, <laughs> and I, and I love that. And yeah. what I love too is uh, you know when we used to do the citizenship ceremonies. Mm-hmm right? Like that's so, that was so inspiring and so heartwarming. And again, you'll go into some homes and there's a picture of me and my Red Surge, like shaking hands (laughs) with the family, right? And getting in the family photo. Yeah, it's really cool.
1: Yeah. And also since you deal with most youth, what advice can you give them regarding starting their career?
0: Do it is one (laughs) thing, right? Don't think you can't right? Mm-hmm. Is, is go for it and ask questions. Mm-hmm. Find one of us and ask questions, right? Like reach out to anyone listening right now. If you are interested in policing, reach out to Hanan, <laughs> reach out to Ahmed uh, and, and ask to get a hold of me. Mm-hmm. Cause I have no problem sitting down and you know, it might cost you a cup of tea <laughs> or a uh, Sampusa or samosa, but we'll <laughs> sit down and we'll, and we'll just, we'll plan that career out, but I'll give you the, the honest answers, mm-hmm. right? Cause you know what? Policing isn't always the greatest thing. Mm-hmm. We do deal with a lot of trauma, Mm-hmm. Right. We do have a lot of people that are affected by post-traumatic stress because of the things that we see. And, you know, we laughed about it last time when we were chatting, but nobody just picks the phone up. like, "What Are you, are you going to go home and then pick up the phone call 911 and be like, I just wanted to talk to someone and tell them how great of a day I had. Like I okay. went and we filmed an awesome podcast episode and had a great lunch and then went and had tea this afternoon. It was like the best day. No. No. <laughs> people call 911 when there's like trauma and yeah. chaos happening and they need yeah. to feel safe or they need protection or mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. Right. No one calls us to say things. Things are going great in their life we do love it when people do that so if there, if there is a time where you, yeah. you had a really good interaction like those are the things that we love to hear right mm-hmm. and and we don't hear enough of that but policing is such a good career and you do get to make such a difference in so many people's lives and sometimes you wouldn't even realize that you made that that difference right yeah. and i know we talked last time about you know just don't be afraid to talk to people Right. And, and especially mm-hmm. being a police officer, I always say being a good police officer means being nosy right? <laughs> and asking questions yeah. and talking to everybody because don't judge a book by its cover. Some of the people, the most interesting people you meet are some people you might not have ever thought of talking to. Yeah. Right. Whether it's just the way they, well, how they look or how they act or where they're from or whatever it might be. Right. You'd be so surprised that just by talking to people, just how interesting human beings yeah. truly <laughs> are. Right. But when we go back to kids and more specifically in Brooks, I want people to know too, that they don't have to change themselves to be a police officer officer, mm-hmm. Right, you don't have to go and get a university degree to be a police officer. We like having people from all different walks of the earth. Right, mm-hmm. life experience to me yeah. is just as important, if not a little more, than your formal educations. Now, mm-hmm. you do have to have your high school diploma. That's mm-hmm. uh, that is nothing we can get around. But we also want to know that you can practice your faith too. Mm-hmm. Right, I, I know we we've mentioned her name, uh, Constable Gorman. She was mm-hmm. the first female to wear a hijab on duty right? Very close mm-hmm. friend of mine. We still talk quite often, right? She, mm-hmm. she's now since transferred out of Brooke, but you know, that's very empowering. Yeah. i worked with people that have worn turbans. You can still practice your faith and wear a uniform, right? And that also makes a lot of inroads too with yeah. other, you know, young women, especially when I think of Iman, right? Other mm-hmm. hijabi women just seeing this and being like, Hey, yeah. I can do this, right? Yeah. I don't just have to be like Josh. I don't just have <laughs> to be yeah. to conform to that. And that's all. I can still be myself, And then be an inspiration to to my communities, Mm -hmm. right? And you're going to pass the same test as us, right? Mm -hmm. No matter what, everyone has to go through the same tests. and, And that's, you know, it's funny when you hear people say like, oh, I don't care what they want to wear as long as they can do the job. Well, of course they can, or else they wouldn't have made it through. Yeah. Right? We all pass the same things. Mm-hmm. No matter how big or small, black white, whatever your ethnicity is or mm-hmm. sexual orientation, we all pass the exact same things. Mm-hmm. Right? And we all have that same that same common theme that we want to help people as well, right? Yeah. But my thing would be just go for it. Mm-hmm. If this is something you want, I know that it could be tough cuz I know that family dynamics view policing and law enforcement yeah. a lot differently mm-hmm. depending on where you're from and different experiences and lived mm-hmm. experiences. Also, I mean this should go without saying but try and stay out of trouble. <laughs> we know that with being a teenager and learning how to, how to function in life and mm-hmm. society, you're going to make some mistakes. Right. Yeah. But the biggest thing is to be honest about it. Mm-hmm. Right. And you know, if you have to give a polygraph test, just be honest, mm-hmm. don't lie. Now, obviously there's certain things that if you've done really, really bad things, then you're probably just not going to be a police officer. But, uh, but don't think that just cause you also got yourself in trouble, like, you know, I'll get phone calls from kids and be like, Josh, I did something bad this weekend. Mm-hmm. What would you do? You know, I agged a house. Mm-hmm. All right. It's done. Is done. Let's deal with this. Let's go. How can we move forward with this, right? And you know what? If someone gets charged with mischief for throwing an egg at a house, well, that doesn't pigeonhole you that you can't do something in law enforcement. Mm-hmm. You have to acknowledge what you did, mm-hmm. and you have to show that you learned from it, from that life experience, right? Mm-hmm. So, if someone did uh, make a mistake and they have been charged in the past, mm-hmm. it doesn't exclude you from being a police officer. Now, it might be right. something you have to explain and show how it's not going to affect you and what you learned from it. Mm-hmm. But I would still suggest going forward and just checking it out and trying.
1: Yeah. That's great. And what is one piece of advice you would tell your younger self that might be able to help the youth today?
0: Again, it's just, I was blessed because I knew from a young age I wanted to be a police officer. In fact, I actually, I was told this by my Nana, Mm -hmm. that I was four years old and I told her, Nana, I'm going to grow up and be a big and strong police officer and keep you safe.
1: That's nice. It
0: sounds (laughs) nice, right? But then I became a police officer, got big and strong, and I moved across the country. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I know that there's other police officers that yeah. want to keep people safe that are around there and they can help her out, right? Mm-hmm. And going through high school, I did a co-op placement in grade 12 with, or with the Bruce County OPP mm-hmm. and I knew I wanted to be a police officer, no matter what. Like going through school, it didn't matter doing any career tests or mm-hmm. looking at, you know, different university programs. I didn't, was not interested. I wanted to be a police officer, mm-hmm. right? So I was lucky that way. Now, what I would like people to know is if if they don't know right away, that's fine. And not just with policing, with any career, right? Mm-hmm. I know younger and younger and younger, we try and get people to tell what do you want to do and then work towards that, right? But when you graduate high school, do think, get life experience, go traveling, go backpack around Europe, go to Australia, go to the States, do whatever you want, you know, go work in a mine up north if that's what you want to do to gain different life experience, Mm -hmm. right? Because you don't have to rush into policing. Now, yes, we do get a pension plan. You can retire after 25 years. Mm -hmm. It's no (laughs) word of a lie. The earlier you get in, the (laughs) earlier you can get out if you want, right? Mm -hmm. But we don't have to rush into that. Take your time. Right. Again, I was very blessed. I got in, I got hired when I was 20. I turned 21 at the academy and it, it's worked out extremely well. Mm-hmm. But if some people need to take a few extra years to get that maturity piece or get that life experience, mm-hmm. go for it, right? Yeah. Do those cool things that you've always wanted to do before you get into a, a long career in law enforcement, because there's tons of time. We're not going yeah. anywhere. There's always, <laughs> we're always going to be around, right? <laughs> right? And then once you get in, you got 25 years mm-hmm. to do all of the things that you want to do.
1: Mm-hmm. And as you said, there's a difference. It fills in at CMP, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. hundred percent, right? Do your
0: time on the street. Don't think that uh, you get in and you just want to get out of uniform right away because some of the best memories you're going to have are going to be in those first five years where you you get out you really don't know anything. And you're just like, (laughs) everything is new. Everything is shiny. Everything is crazy. Everything is fun. It's exciting. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't change it for the world, right? Mm -hmm. And you know what? I... My whole career, looking back now, like in the past 15 years, yeah, I'm a uniformed police officer. That's what I love to do. I love when people see us, they say, that's a I I know the police officer here, right? They're not wearing this the normal clothes or the street clothes and doing those investigations. And that's very important too. But for me, I like working at the community level. Mm -hmm. I like being a uniformed police officer and that works for me and I've worked with some people that have you know did their first three to five years in uniform and Mm -hmm. now they've never had to put one on again because they're able to work in major crimes or general Mm -hmm. investigation section or on drug units and federal units and national security whatever it is right there is a spot for you and you might not get it right away but just put in the work Mm -hmm. just do good work and you'll get where you want to go
1: that's great and what gives you motivation to keep going forward (laughs)
0: I know we talked about this before. I think you're just trying to test me to see if I'm going to cry again (laughs) or tear up.
1: But I
0: have been in Brooks for 15 years Mm -hmm. and I have been probably to 15 or 14 high school graduations. And I think in Brooks particular... Now, again, it doesn't matter where you're from. Every family is extremely, on that graduation date, when your kid walks across the stage and gets their diploma and shakes their hand with the principal and gets a picture taken and mm-hmm. they're a high school graduate, that is, they've made it, right? That's what mm-hmm. parents want to see for their kids. Yeah. But that is, that is elevated when you have a family that has fled war. And this is just me looking from an outsider that has, you know, have managed to survive through refugee camp and Mm -hmm. finally make it to Canada. And they're able to start their life and, and, and have a safe life for their kids. Mm -hmm. And then the smiles on their faces when they see their kids come up and, and they'll have the whole neighborhood there cheering for them too, right? (laughs) Everyone's cheering. You know, you know, when the, when their kid makes it up on the stage, right? Mm -hmm. And just that moment right Mm -hmm. there, when you're seeing that is so heartwarming Mm -hmm. and it's like, you know what, this is why we do what we do to keep everybody safe and and to do what we do in the community and work those long nights and those cold nights and cold days and and go to those, those tragic scenes. Right. Mm -hmm. Because you know, it's the moments like that that keep me going, right? And I try to get everyone that I work with to come out into the community and volunteer because when you see these things, Mm -hmm. that's what keeps you going. Because in policing, you deal with the same 5% of the population 95% of the time, Mm -hmm. right? Think about that. There's 95% of the population that you will never see because they're not calling 911 or being involved in in any of your investigations. But Mm -hmm. there's so many people. The 95%, that's huge, Mm -hmm. right? And when you get out and you volunteer or you go to the schools or you go to the farmer's markets or you pop into different businesses or you help out with different organizations, you're going to see these people Mm -hmm. and you're going to realize there's so many good people out there. And those are what motivate me specifically, right? And that's why we come to work is regardless of who you are and whether Mm -hmm. where your life has taken you, we're there to make sure you're safe. But just seeing people be successful, especially our kids, and Mm -hmm. then the pride in their parents and their families' faces. And that's what pushes me forward.
1: Yeah, and some parents actually send their kids here. Like, my dad, he sent me here so that I can study, so that I can build my life. And then when I was graduating, he was there, and I just saw, like, from his face how proud he was.
0: Absolutely. And, and, you know, you look at that situation and the strength that that would have Mm -hmm. to take. Because I I have a daughter, and I Mm -hmm. couldn't imagine sending her somewhere else, knowing that that's the best decision for her. Mm -hmm. I, I would ultimately do whatever I had to for her, but they, I just couldn't imagine that, right? And, yeah. and that's something that a lot of her families in Brooks go through, yeah. right? Being separated like yeah. that and then having different families in different camps, Right, waiting yep. to to get refuge status here mm-hmm. in Canada, right? Like it's uh, that's something that I never had to even think about mm-hmm. my entire life. Like I I knew that going home, you know, I was safe in my house, I had a roof over my head, I was mm-hmm. warm, I've had you know food, and, and to know that that's not the same elsewhere. Yeah. And then when you see families that have have gone through that hardship to come here, yeah. and then they get to see the fruits of those labors, that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. That's a pretty special feeling and a pretty special thing to be part of yeah, for sure. Actually.
1: So for the last question, what's your favorite song?
0: There's a cool song that I like. That when the sun's shining and I'm driving around, especially on the prairies, it's uh, a song with Travis Tritt. It's a great day to be alive. Mm -hmm. And I guess I'll leave with uh, a couple of things for anyone that's listening. If you Mm -hmm. can do me a favor and make somebody smile today. And one of the little phrases that I always said all the time, like a broken record with my wife's leadership resiliency group when she Mm -hmm. ran that in the high school was ELE, which is everybody love everybody. All right. So if we have a little bit of ELE and make someone smile. I think Mm -hmm. your day is going to go just fine.
1: That's great. Thank you for joining us today.
0: Thank you. This has been the Global Village Podcast with Ahmed Kassim. For more information, go to
2: globalvillagecenter.ca. I got rice cooking in the microwave. Got a three-day beard. I don't plan to shave. And it's a goofy thing, but I just gotta say, hey, I'm a doing all right. Yeah, I think I'll make me some homemade soup. Feeling pretty good, and that's the truth. It's neither drink nor drug induced, no, I'm just doing alright. And it's a great day to be alive. I know the sun's still shining when I close my eyes. There's some hard times in the neighborhood, but why can't every day be just this good? I said good luck to every seed I'd sown. Oh, give it my best and then I left it alone oh, I hope they're doing alright Now I look in the mirror and what do I see A long wolf there staring back at me Long in the tooth but harmless as can be Lord I guess he's doing alright It's lonely, sometimes it's only me And the shadows that fill this room Sometimes I'm falling, desperately calling Harley for a three-day cruise Might even grow me a Fu Manchu uh, And it's a great day to be alive I know the sun's still shining when I close my eyes There's some hard times in the neighborhood But why can't every day be just? But why can't every day be just this?